Today's episode is all about parenting. My husband David and I share the big ideas we've used to guide our kids and the decisions we've made for our family. And we share some of the best parenting ideas, thoughts, and analogies that have been shared with us over the years. We wrap it up by talking about common parenting pitfalls that we've definitely made. We're not perfect parents because that's not a thing. But we're committed to learning and doing the best we can for our kids, just like I know you are. Thanks for being here. Hi, I'm Becky, the host of the Girl on a Hill podcast, where we encourage you to stop hiding, start shining, and to be the woman you were created to be. You can download Girl on a Hill podcast on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Thanks for listening, and now, let's head to the hill. Hey, welcome to Girl on a Hill. Today, I decided to invite my husband back. I'm back. <laughs> you have a lot of energy mm-hmm. for it being nighttime. Um, we did our Mother's Day special last week, and so I thought, just to kind of continue that, I thought it would be a good time to take a week and talk about parenting. Mm-hmm. It's been almost a year of our podcast, which is crazy to believe. And we haven't talked about it yet. Um, so I thought, you know, one parenting episode a year. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That sounds yeah. about right. So I, uh, my apologies if you're a listener without children. But, you know, you can still, if you want to listen to David and I banter. Mm-hmm. And hey, welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, parenting is kind of one of those things, though, that you, you people shy away from. It's like you don't talk about religion and politics, but I also feel like parenting. It's really anything yeah. right now. Well, yeah. But... But parenting is one of those. Yeah, people have very strong opinions. Sensitive areas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very. They feel a lot of feelings mm-hmm. about their parenting. So, and that's fine. So, this isn't going to be a parenting show about like how to get your baby to fall asleep or like those really specific twelve steps to the yes. child you love. Yeah. No, like nothing that's on the scale of like holistic to traditional, like nothing along those. So I was gonna explain it like this. So I was a classroom teacher. Mm-hmm. I guess not everybody knows that. Um and now I homeschool some of the kids. So in teaching, like not every lesson plan or style or gimmick worked with all of my students. Right. So sometimes I had to adjust the way I taught to meet individual needs. Mm-hmm. But there were some overarching big ideas in the classroom that I believe were right for all kids. Okay. Like reading should be a part of every school day, mm-hmm. whether you're in a public school or homeschool, kids should be mm-hmm. reading. So that's kind of where I'm going with our parenting episode is not the little controversial issues, but these are all kind of like overarching. What are the controversial issues? In parenting? Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm not going there. Mm-mm. I just don't know what they are. You know, like, um, well, especially right now, like breastfeeding versus formula feeding oh. or homeschooling versus traditional schooling or all all that. We're we not haven't go- evolved enough to just like let people, let people do-, do what works for them. No, no oh. we have to fight and argue about it. Having learned, that's what we do, but everything. <laughs> <laughs> no. So these are all like big overarching principles and this is just stuff that has worked for us Mm -hmm. and you've always told me that you share your story Mm -hmm. people can't argue with your story yep and um i i also want to say like we are not we have four kids Mm -hmm. we are not perfect parents nope that doesn't exist nope and we don't have perfect children nope because that doesn't exist nope so we are flawed they are flawed Mm -hmm. but we're learning and we're both committed to growing Mm-hmm. And becoming better. Yep. Even though our oldest is 16, we're still oh, trying to get better at how we're parenting her. She just got her license. Her. Yep. That's rough. It's awesome. Literally came in the mail today. But rough. Yeah. 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 It's a big year for us. That makes our, us old. Our second starting high school, mm-hmm. our third starting middle school. Mm-hmm. We're getting old. Getting old. Yeah. Yeah. Never thought those days would come. <sighs> yes. Days are long. The years are short. Okay. So here's the first principle. So I'm just going to kind of share, and you just jump in when you. You just don't want me to just nod along. <laughs> that's that's an interesting podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was really big for us. Um, 
I'm starting with the biggest one. All right. It's to have an end game in mind. And I don't mean the Marvel movie, although an awesome movie. Yes. Great, great film. But have your end game in mind. Now, if you're listening and your kids are already older, like don't lose heart, you can still take steps Mm -hmm. now. But if your kids are little, like even better, but you can, you can work this in no matter what age. But even if they've left the house, you can still. Yes. Work on your relationship with your kids. So, but have an end game in mind. So think, think really hard. Mm -hmm. And if you have a a partner, if you have a spouse, like even better, get them involved because you need to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. That helps things a lot. So think, what do you want? Not just for your kids, but for your whole family. And then intentionally work towards that goal. Mm -hmm. So I like the word intentionally. Because that, this stuff just isn't going to magically happen. I mean, sometimes an awesome kid just comes out, but mm-hmm. you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. So David and I, really early on, I remember, I remember two specific times. Once where we were on like a beach vacation and we sat down and kind of started talking about like, what do we want and who do we know? This We always say comparison is bad, but sometimes it's a great thing. If you think about who in my life do we know that have kids that we want our kids to look like mm-hmm. that our parents we want to look like? Yeah. And model your yes. parenting after them. Yeah. There's It'll nothing wrong them. with comparing in that way. Like find a mentor, someone who knows more than you mm-hmm. do. There's always going to be somebody who knows more than you do mm-hmm. and look to them for, for a picture of what you want. So I remember that mm-hmm. talking. I think our oldest was three at the time. So I don't remember that talk. What we really wanted, we realized when we were watching the show parenthood, mm-hmm. Love that show. Lots of yelling. Lots of screaming. Lots of- <laughs> it's a very anxious, anxiety-ridden show. But it's such a good show. Mm-hmm. It's such a good show. And we realized that, not the yelling and drama part, mm-hmm. but the show has four siblings, two girls, two boys, which is what we have. Mm-hmm. And they, they are there for each other. They are adult best friends mm-hmm. who still hang out with their parents. Mm-hmm. They get together all the time. They are there for each other. They work through their problems. And we are like that, that Mm -hmm. right there is what we want. Right. So. Because you don't have siblings. No, only child. And I do. Right. But they live far away. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm still friends with my brother and sister. We're, you know, we're, we talk, and I, especially to my brother, you know, probably more often than even a lot of local people. Yeah. It's definitely, there's some, you know, you're, if you do, it's not always this way, but if you do it right, your, you know, your siblings are in your life for the rest of your life because you're family. So if you can have a good relationship with them, if they can be your friends, then there's a good chance that that's going to be a good life-giving relationship that lasts for life. Yes. And so once we knew that was what we wanted, mm-hmm. then everything we did, all of the choices we made, what we said yes to, what we said no to, was run through the filter of, does this move us towards that goal? So for us, the things we really stressed were family time, mm-hmm. um, especially at times when all six of us are together. Mm-hmm. And those are my favorite time. We don't have to be doing anything special. Mm-hmm. It's just, those are my favorite favorite what were we playing the other day we had so much fun we had 90s music and we were playing yahtzee oh i was was thinking of chinese checkers that was when not everyone was here but but just simple things like that doesn't have to be big things Mm -hmm. um another thing we really stressed somehow you managed to cheat at yahtzee every time he i don't know how he thinks we played yahtzee on our honeymoon i won and he's held it against me for 19 She's years. always like way ahead of me. How do you cheat at Yahtzee? I don't know. You have some kind of like Magical effect dice over hands? the dice. And I should I don't. be in Vegas. Yes, you should go to Vegas <laughs> when there's a lot of money. <laughs> I have no interest in gambling. Because I was like trying to think of all like positive thoughts and like put out positive vibes because you must have that this like natural. That was the only game where I wasn't really being competitive because it's luck. Yeah, but there's, there's something about there's fun. like some kind of energy that flows through your palm. That brings the dice where you need them to be, and it doesn't exist in my I wish my you palm. guys could see the deep sigh written into the lines <laughs> of my face right now. Anyway, another thing we stressed, um, and he, David kind of alluded to this, that your siblings are your built-in best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not something I see in all of their their friends' households. And a lot of uh, my my friends, they a lot of people just aren't 
friends with their siblings. Mm-hmm. And so we stress that a lot that like, yeah, friends come and go families forever. Mm-hmm. And you will not, we don't let our kids speak badly about their siblings. Like you don't get to put them down. If someone puts them down, you stick up for them. Mm-hmm. Like you have their back always. Yep. We don't let them insulate themselves from their sub- siblings. Mm-mm. They have to spend time together. Yep. It's in- intentionally keeping them working at their relationship yes. at all times, even yes. though that's not what they think of. And we, and, and lots of different ways for them to spend time together. We encourage time together without a screen. We encourage, they still do sibling sleepovers, mm-hmm. even though they're, and they, they enjoy it still, and which is cool. We regularly have to tell the boys to stop talking and go to sleep. It's kind of, it's kind of adorable. <laughs> I love that. I love that they do that. Um, so we really stress that. And another thing we stressed, um, was open communication. Or when you can we can hear Harper calling through the heating vent to Henry, trying to say something to Henry through the heating vents at night. It is cute. Yeah. Not exactly the open communication I meant. But yeah. <laughs> it's communication. It is. But I mean, between us and them, mm-hmm. because I don't see that happening in a lot of households either, where it was really important to me. And this I got from another sh- I got that from Gilmore Girls, <laughs> where... <laughs> There's a lot of Lauren Graham going on in this parenting, but um, mm-hmm. I just, Lorelai and Rory had a very, I mean, there was a lot of things wrong about the relationship too, mm-hmm. but had a very open, they talked about everything mm-hmm. and, and Rory could come to her mother with anything. And I knew I wanted that, mm-hmm. especially with my girls. I mean, the boys too, but I really wanted that. So mm-hmm. I stressed like talking to my kids, like they're people, a lot of people, parents talk to their kids like their tasks. Yeah. And asking your kids what they think. Yeah. Trying to draw out of them their their thoughts on whatever it is you're talking about, making them feel a part of the conversation, not just receiving a lecture, which mm-hmm. I'm famous for, apparently. <laughs> There's always times they can tell when something's coming. If we sit on an if we sit on the ottoman and call mm-hmm. them into the room, it means someone has died, or as they say, we have to mow the lawn with our hands, which we have never <laughs> made them do. But apparently, that's the worst thing mm-hmm. they can think of. So, also another thing about this community to listen, even when you're not particularly interested in what they're telling you. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, that's a skill that you need in life. Yes, you do. Lots of people are going to talk to you about super boring things. Mm-hmm. So, and it's ridiculously common for people to. To act like, well, I shouldn't have to listen to someone go on and on about something I don't care about. Yeah. Like they're entitled to always hearing conversation they <laughs> that enjoy. Entertain them. Right? What about all the times we had to listen to things you didn't, that yeah. we didn't like that you said? Exactly. So, yeah, that'll set them up. Um, and just understanding like who they are and where they're at developmentally. Mm-hmm. So, understanding that a teenager is going to be irrational sometimes because that's all these feelings and emotions and hormones and and that your three-year-old is going to be upset. And I think sometimes we hold kids to standards that we don't keep. You know, we expect mm-hmm. them to handle disappointment and sadness and all of that in these big grown-up ways that, when I mean, we're, we're disa- coping with nachos and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, you mentioned nachos on the last, or a couple of podcasts Did I, Maybe ago. they're on my yeah. mind. With Crystal, you and Crystal were talking, talking about, about nachos. It. Yeah, when you were talking mm. about overthinking nachos came up maybe this is just we're revealing some mm-hmm. of my underlying issues so nachos is your go-to maybe like discouragement food <laughs> or do you have different foods for different feelings i don't know we'll have to dive into that later <laughs> i know we had pizza rolls after my grandma died so maybe that's so my the grief, sadness food. the grief food is yeah, pizza rolls, pizza rolls. Okay, so we have to like make a list so we're gonna that go, when I know what mood you're in or if something's going on, I know what hush. food to get. Okay, so those were the big things. Family time, six of us time, siblings are your mm-hmm. best friends. So again, working towards that end game. One more thing, you know, one of the things like is car time. Um, making the most of it. Well, not just making the most of it, but not allowing everyone to kind of isolate. Isolate and be off by themselves. Yeah, yeah. especially in today's. With the devices, devices and the, mm-hmm. you know, like our, our younger kids don't have devices, but they have iPods mm-hmm. or they'll have books and yeah. it's easy even no with, even without technology mm-hmm. to just insulate yourself from, from what's going yeah. on. You don't have to talk you and, could, even on short trips. I mean, you're, do you have to watch an episode on the in van DVD player on a 10 minute trip? Mm-hmm. Like I'm all for that. If you're going on a cross country road trip, whatever, like, but yeah, we make our kids 
participate. And well, and we we used present. to use those players quite a bit, mm-hmm, but on did. most of our road trips, we don't have any kind of player. Yeah, it's mostly just talking and music, mm-hmm. and and that's not to say that we're better. It's to no. say that we used to be people who yeah. relied on the devices mm-hmm. and the movies to get through oh my road gosh. trips or and, to get through parenting. Yeah, and then I just realized that wasn't for me. That's another episode. But but you know. So it is possible, even if if that's your world right now, yeah. where it's like you can't imagine going on a drive that lasts more than an hour without some kind of you know video playing. For but we've your driven kids. across the country mm-hmm. many times, and I think kids rise to our expectations pretty quickly. Oh, that's in here. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I like I love that the girls do that sometimes too. It's like, were you peeking? How'd you do? <laughs> we're on the same wavelength a lot though. Okay, so again, speaking to the end game, the big things that we knew we wanted, kids who loved each other in life and kids who still hung out with us. Mm-hmm. Kids who, who wanted to be around. Wanted to hang out, not obligation and not see at Easter on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like that enjoyed us, were friends with us. Would just drop by yeah. unannounced because they or wanted they, to go like see still mom called if they wanted our opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, mom, what do you think about blah, blah, blah? Mm-hmm. I want that. Other things we chose smaller end games in mind that we kind of ran our choices through filters were. So we decided that academics mm-hmm. were going to be really important to our family. Some p- families choose, they want their kid to be really good at sports or they want your, their kid to be really popular or whatever. But we knew that I wanted our kids to be smart, mm-hmm. to get good grades. Well, to learn how to learn. Yeah. Be curious. Mm-hmm. Love reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted Which all of our kids love reading. Yes. We did that right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wanted them to go to school with college in mind, mm-hmm. with with bigger ambitions in mind. Um, and also church involvement, which is no surprise with you being a pastor. Mm-hmm. But um, those were kind of two of the other overarching things besides family time that we made really important. Well, church community is really important. And, you know, we we downplay it because we don't want to. We don't want to have to sacrifice our agendas for it, but like, especially as your kids grow up, having your kid serve alongside adults beside yourself and worship alongside adults beside yourself is going to make it much more likely that they stick with church or they stick with faith beyond high school because they know how to do it. Mm -hmm. If they don't ever experience it, if they're only in their isolated youth group world, and they never have to do anything that doesn't isn't catered to them. Then they're not they're not very likely to stick with their faith. They they have a huge percentage of drop off because of that. So it's really good for their faith, not just not just for your family, but for their future faith. For them to be in mm-hmm. church and be with people, serving with people, and worshiping alongside people, and in environments that aren't catered to them. Mm-hmm. So because those three things. Those are the three base, biggest things I can think of, like family first, academics, and church involvement were kind of our three biggest overarching principles. That meant that we had to say no to other things mm-hmm. because those were the things kind of driving our end game for our kids. And so that just meant that means choices because you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Kind of like there's a thing going around with moms right now that we're supposed to do the 400 things a day and like that's impossible and you can't 400 things a day. Yeah, it's like okay, women are supposed expected to do so much. Like be beautiful and have good friendships and do the laundry and cook gourmet meals and blah 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 blah. There's no way we can do all of that. And there's no way you can do everything especially well or have sanity in parenting. Mm-hmm. You have to pick. And so we had to say no to certain things and we still say no to certain things. Like mm-hmm. we have family night once a week. And that means, you know, that our kids are now they're teenagers and mobile. And so they don't always get to be out. You got to think about that. And then you also just have to think about what kind of a person do you want to raise? Like, who do you want your child to be? I mean, obviously, we all want like honest and kind kids. But just think about what kind of a human do I want to raise? Yeah. And I don't, it's, it's kind of cliche now, but you, we're raising adults, not kids. Yeah. And, and a lot of times when you're parenting, you don't think of that mm-hmm. because you're in the moment and you're thinking about what I need right now in this moment is X. Yep. And my child is getting in the way of what I need. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do what I need for my child so that I can get what I really want in this moment. And we don't realize that we're teaching and training mm-hmm. our kids in those actions and in those moments. And yeah. what we really need to do is, okay, 
they need this from me so that they can grow and mature and become a better human. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's a, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of kids that are kind of growing up without, without that because our, us as parents, we're, we're just as distracted as our well, kids. It's just, I mean, it's a long, we're all paddling water. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all overstressed and overburdened and doing the best we can in some cases, but it's, uh, yeah, you just have to be intentional. Like that's mm-hmm. just not going to happen. I mean, some kids but rise it's okay, up. But... It's okay to say no to some things. Yeah. Not, not just smartphones, but with, with the internet, seems like now that we know about everything, it seems like we feel like we have to do everything mm-hmm. that we know about. Total and we, family FOMO. We can't just say no anymore. And it's okay. And, you know, so I was, I can't remember. It's okay for your kids to be bored once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my soapbox. Okay. <laughs> I should be used to it. But there's more of you talking in this one than me. So it's okay. Okay. So that leads me into, so knowing that it's not going to happen by accident. Um, and you talk about the begetting principle all the time. Like mm-hmm. if you want to sow watermelon, you got to plant watermelon seeds. So uh, uh, we're That's the, not quite the beginning principle. Whatever. But we're the, <laughs> we, I don't, we don't need another sermon. So your kids are watching you mm-hmm. and listening to you. So as a teacher, anytime I wanted my students to learn a new skill or master something, I would have to model it for mm-hmm. them. Like they needed the example. I still see that kids, my teenagers flounder like without an example. They need to know what is expected of them, what they're supposed to do. And it's just like that with parenting where you are showing them how to navigate life. Mm-hmm. Like you are their model. So they need to see stuff like you're showing them how you get up when you fall back down, when mm-hmm. you fall down. You're showing them how you handle big emotions. Like they were watching you during the pandemic. Like mm-hmm. you were showing them how you react to mm-hmm. stress and not getting your way. And mm-hmm. we don't realize that though, that like, oh, maybe they're picking up on, oh, this is what I do when I'm upset. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's just something to think about. Um, so they're just totally taking their cues from you. And I think parents, especially moms, I'm going to put some of the onus on us, set the temperature of the house. Mm-hmm. Like if mom is in a bad mood, the whole house is going to feel it and be in a weird tension. Mm-hmm. So in the classroom, my students could always tell if I was having an off day. Like if I just wasn't feeling it, if I didn't want to teach, mm-hmm. they knew. And my kids know now, if I think something is boring, <laughs> they know, and you better believe they're going to think it's boring. Well, there's so much about how we work that we're just even just learning. But you know, we, we our brain waves kind of emanate oh, from yeah. us out into the room, and so you can be putting on a show, thinking that you're you're convincing your kids that you are okay, mm-hmm. but they're picking up on something else that you're not expressing that yeah. you're that you're putting out into the world through your subconscious thoughts or your conscious mm-hmm. thoughts that you're just burying with what you're doing, and and kids are really good at picking up on those. Well, they're sponges; mm-hmm. they know. And I just I was thinking about that in the Mother's Day episode where I was telling moms like. You're showing your kids how to be a wife, mother, friend, sister, daughter. Like you're modeling mm-hmm. all of that for them. You are the, your their first teacher. Yeah, and you mentioned it, but you know the other big thing you're teaching them, you're modeling for them is how to be a parent down mm-hmm. the road. Yeah, and you know so many. Unfortunately, sometimes so many of my parenting techniques are just kind of a de facto mm-hmm. how my dad acted or responded or dealt with, you know, discipline or any of those kinds of things. Yeah. And that doesn't, it's not necessarily the right way, but it's the way that I, that was what modeled know. to me. It mm-hmm. gets deeply ingrained literally into your subconscious. Yeah. So that's what's going to come out in their subconscious parenting down the road. Mm-hmm. So if we're not intentionally being intentional about it, we're, we're just kind of creating all kinds of potential for destruction and problems for them yeah. as they parent. It's a lot. It's a mm-hmm. lot. It's, it feels like a giant responsibility, but it is. Mm-hmm. Like parenting is a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they are They are looking mm-hmm. at, and we think it's just on on the little things we say, like, oh, I'm going to read the Bible story about kindness. And, but no, they're going to see, are you being kind to people? Mm-hmm. Are you, what does kindness actually look like? Mm-hmm. like? They hear you. And this is another thing, and then I'm going to, I have so much more to say today, but I'm just, feel free to be human in front of your kids. Mm-hmm. We talk about feeling your feelings a lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've talked about this briefly, but um, people sometimes think strength means keeping it in for the kids and not showing emotion. Mm-hmm. But then when something bad happens and they have emotions, they could think something's wrong with me. Like 
I'm a, I'm a baby, I'm weak, mm-hmm. but let them see, and then let them see you navigate those things successfully. Yeah, and this is something that I think women are much better at than men. To show your feelings. <laughs> Not to show your feelings, but, a, but letting your kids feel their feelings. Mm, yeah. So. It's important, though, mm-hmm. because they, they stuff, and then you grow up to be unhealed adults. Um, this is a big one. Apologize. Are you saying I'm an unhealed adult? I'm saying everyone's an unhealed <laughs> adult. <laughs> we all got stuff. Um, if you mess up, tell them. Mm-hmm. And we both apologize to our kids mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and then this is another one. Let them see your marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. Even, I mean, and this, this was one a lot of people weren't raised with. They need to see you fight. I mean, and not like the the saying ugly words to each mm-hmm. other thing, but like our kids know when we're mad at each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because then they can see that in a loving relationship, there's going to be fights, mm-hmm. but it's all going to be okay. Yeah. And that's, I, I read that somewhere, but you know, if, if kids that's talk about learning how to, how to be parents, how to be adults, how to have a marriage, you know, if kids don't see their parents have a disagreement. Yeah then they're likely to grow up thinking that it's not okay to have a disagreement mm-hmm. in a marriage. And then if they, and not if, when they have yeah, when. a disagreement in their marriage, they're likely to think, oh, oh no. something is horribly wrong yeah. because uh, my parents never fought. Mm-hmm. He so. doesn't love me. We need to get mm-hmm. a divorce, whatever it is. Like, no, everyone fights. Um, yeah, it's important. Mm-hmm. And, but a lot of people don't think that. And mm-hmm. I just changed my thinking on that pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on. This is one of my other like giant parenting things. I love this. And I don't know who first said it, but this is not my wisdom. It wasn't me. Okay. It might have been me. I don't think it was you. Oh. Okay. I'll tell you when you say it. It, it wasn't you. <laughs> Rules without relationship equals rebellion. Relationship without rules equals chaos. Okay. Relationship plus rules equals respect. So rules without relationship equals rebellion. rebellion. Okay. Relationship without rules is chaos. Well, I heard a pretty famous pastor once say that he was saving his no's, mm. that he wasn't telling his, his daughter when she was young no, because he was saving them for when she was older, when he, when, when oh, she, we're getting there. When he a- needed them. And, and I, I remember thinking, well, but you're also not training her mind how to deal with a no. Mm-hmm. So so she's going to go her whole life thinking, well, it's always yes with daddy. And then in one of the most important seasons of her life, then all of a sudden you're going to start mm-hmm. saying no. He'll just take off. Well, here there's a study about boundaries um, where they, they studied a group of kids at, at recess, two different groups of kids. One group of kids had a, a fenced boundary around the playground area where they could play. Mm-hmm. And the other group of kids didn't. And they measured how far out into the playground area the kids went. Hmm. And the kids that didn't have a boundary stayed nestled close to the school building huh. and explored a significant, I can't remember the percentage, but a significantly less percentage of the playground area uh-huh. than the kids that had boundaries. Hmm. So rules are really important. It's, it's like having a, a canvas as a painter. Like if, you, if you're a painter... And and you want to paint a, a painting, you you have to start with a canvas, right. and the canvas at least tells you what you're going to use because mm-hmm. you don't use oil in on on a watercolor, and you don't use watercolor on on. So you at least you have a framework to begin with, and then you start building from there, and the and it just serves as a as a a box to put you in. Yeah, because when you don't have a box to put yourself in, you go insane. We need boundaries, we need structure, we need rules. It's important. But then if you go over the top on that and don't have the relationship. Yeah. it's You can't just be strict authoritarian. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, it's like a dictatorship. It's, and I've seen those kids that are mm-hmm. just restricted on everything. And then I remember once at a church we went to where she was never allowed sugar, like ever. And then it was like ice cream Sunday night mm-hmm. and that girl's, I mean, I can say this now, she's probably an adult now. So her <laughs> Sunday was like ridiculous because right. it was like ooh, a little taste of freedom like she went into the kitchen and got like the big silver bowl <laughs> she's and- like the costco size <laughs> Hershey syrup whereas like the kids who you know are allowed to eat ice cream you know once a week mm-hmm. or a couple times a month you know had normal mm-hmm. they're not just going crazy but then i've seen families too 
where they're just best buds mm-hmm. and there's never any restrictions mm-hmm. or boundaries. I mean, and those kids are on a path. Yeah. And I, I think you can see that pretty early on. You can see it when those kids are actually pretty young. Mm. You need, you need somebody in your life that's going to, going to set some kind of a restriction on your life because yeah. you're, you're headed in a very dangerous position and dangerous direction and, and no one ever does. Because you feel like you're not supposed to. Well, you just you know want to love them for who they are, and, and so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. part of love is is guiding people in the right direction, and loving people unconditionally oftentimes and entails some more difficult aspects that we're not real comfortable with. But that's what real love is in a relationship. So it's just it's just the finding that balance mm-hmm. where it's 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 both, mm-hmm. and it has to be both. Mm-hmm. Has to be both. Um. So, and, and I just wanted to add this in with the relationship, just how much I want to stress to get to know your kids, mm-hmm. like to really know them. Mm-hmm. Like they are interesting people and they are like, I think Crystal, like your kids come pre- pre-programmed, like their personalities mm-hmm. are so unique yep. and like you see glimpses of yourself, but then you're just like, where did you come up with that? Right. Like, they're just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Like they're really cool people. Get to know your kids. Okay, moving along, because I got a lot to say today. If you save it up for a year, like some stuff's <laughs> going to come out. Okay, so psychology today, I wanted, you know, to go to kind of a secular source because mm-hmm. we're just fair and balanced. Mm-hmm. Okay, purple of us. I like psychology today. I do too. It's so interesting. Psychology Psychology today is quoted as saying. Yes, you got to say it's a psychology. No, that was because I messed up. Oh, I thought you were being smart. <laughs> no. Is that what smart people sound like? <laughs> Psychology today. They sound British. They sound like <laughs> Julie Child. Okay. They're quoted as saying, resist the urge to manage, guide, or control kids at all times. Mm-hmm. Research suggests that parents who give their children room to explore, grow, and importantly, fail, may be serving them better. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to read the next part and then talk about it. So, uh... The article claims that what kids really need from their parents are these things. Love, Mm -hmm. emotional security, Mm -hmm. conversation, Mm -hmm. validation, Mm -hmm. responsibilities, time outside, and opportunities to play and learn. Mm. Okay. Then they said, the article went on to say that it's easy, and this hit me in the face. It went on to say that it's easy for parents to get really caught up in the minutia and in the micromanaging of every detail. And we make it about the tiny things and we miss the big things. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking it's kind of like the Pharisees for any other Bible nerds out there <laughs> that were like getting mad about tithing 10% of your basil crop, but mm-hmm. weren't, you know, like loving their neighbor. Right. It's just easy because I think sometimes the the little details feel more tangible and we're very some of us high list lovers out there, we're task oriented, we're list oriented, and we think about our kids, especially if you're saying as, as a task, as something we need to do. Okay, do a load of laundry, make sure my kid did their homework, like instead of developing that relationship and responsibility. And well, but letting your kids fail, like you started off talking about, I can think of I can think of specific times with all the kids. I think where we've been doing something and I let them fail and I'm watching them knowing that they're going to fail mm-hmm. and I let them fail knowing they're going to fail. Yeah. Um, because. You're gonna. <laughs> well, <laughs> when you're an adult. You're going to, but you know, you need to be able to learn how to deal with failure. But then we learn, I, one of the best ways we learn is by making mistakes mm-hmm. and then correcting our mistakes. I think it takes a lot more repetition you know, if you're trying to teach somebody to do do the right thing the right way all the time, you have to do it repeatedly mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again. But sometimes if they make a mistake, they learn that thing permanently mm-hmm. because they made the mistake and maybe they're even a little bit embarrassed about the mistake that they made, whatever it was. And that creates, you know, a, you know kind of a key moment in their brain and they decide, well, I'm not going to do that again, so I'm going to learn how to do it the right way, and, the, and it changes their approach from that point forward. So yeah, it's, a, it's a important That's for big. learning. And I mean, that really um, messes up helicopter parenting for people. Another one I read today was snowplow parenting, which is more of that where you remove all obstacles from your child. All right. Snowplow parenting. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we feel it. I mean, I understand, mm-hmm. because you don't want your baby to be hurt or to be sad or... 
Well, but even, you know, you, intuition life skills. Intuition develops as you make mistakes. So for your teenager to actually have some sense of intuition that something they're about to do might end poorly, mm. they have to have made a, a similar mistake in the past for their brain to even be able to start processing, hey, this might go poorly. Mm-hmm. And if they've never done any of those things their whole life, then they're going to have to learn all of those as, in their adult years. And it's going to be a little bit more traumatic. Yeah, there's <laughs> all the that costs stuff. Are higher. Yeah, you need to figure it out when you're little when the stakes are really low. Mm-hmm. So that you know how to deal with it when you're a, a grown-up that just got fired or mm-hmm. had a major breakup or whatever. Mm-hmm. You just need to know how to rise back mm-hmm. up. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Well, and that you're still going to be loved. Because mm-hmm. a lot of us, hi, raising my hand, fear of failure. Like, Anyway, we're going to talk about false constructs in a couple weeks. <laughs> but yeah, just those things. Love, emotional security, conversation. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Like, Talk to them, even if it's about Legos or slime. <laughs> Well, and Things for your like. for your boys, you know, a quick note is boys aren't great at conversation a lot of times, mm. and it's a it's just a guy thing. Yeah, and so, but guys, you know, love and respect. I know some people don't like that book anymore, but um, you know, guys like shoulder to shoulder time. Mm-hmm. So you may not be able to have a conversation with your son. If you're, you know, sitting down at the table and looking him in the face and trying to get him to Where open up. We're both super uncomfortable that there's but eye you, contact. Yeah, and, if you go on a drive or you yeah. go for a walk. You don't have to look. Yeah. yeah. Then he might open up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, I love that too. Time outside. Mm-hmm. Opportunities to play. Mm-hmm. Gosh, kids need to play. They need mm-hmm. to be kids. Need to get them outside. Outside. How much time, you know, I was, I was just saying, how much time, at least in our neighborhood, we spent so much time playing hide and seek, mm-hmm. freeze tag, 500. red Did you rover. Play what? Five hundred. No, we didn't play five hundred. Oh, what was five hundred? We're like, you know, one kid is is it and calls out like a point. It's like, okay, seventy five, and then whoever catches the frisbee gets seventy five, okay. and then it's you got to add up to five hundred. No, we've never ever played that. That must be a West a Coast Northwest thing. Game. Yep. Yeah, we played touch football, baseball, basketball. Just spent so much time outside. Yeah, growing up. Kids need it. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, that's where this kind of came in. Like they need to know how to deal with boredom. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to entertain them every second. I always tell them when they're like, oh, I'm bored. Well, that's a choice. Mm-hmm. You're making that choice. Like interesting people aren't ever bored. So they, you don't have to solve that problem for mm-hmm. them either. Interesting people aren't ever bored? Yeah. Is that I a- don't know. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's some motivation to find something to do. Like there's, mm-hmm. we have 8 billion books. Okay, this is my favorite parenting thing I've ever, ever been told. Okay. Okay, so this isn't me, and I'm sorry that I don't know the speaker's name. She talked at like a mops or something a million years ago, and I have loved this ever since. Okay. The funnel. Okay, now David's heard me talk about this a little Mm -hmm. bit, but I've never talked about it on the pod, obviously. Okay, so when you think about, obviously, you know, like a funnel, the the kitchen Mm -hmm. tool. That's what I'm talking about, not a tornado. So... Not a click funnel or sales funnel. I don't know what those are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about just like the little funnel that's in your drawer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So most parents funnel starting with the big fat and the end you dump your spices into to fill out the little mm-hmm. hole. So the top, the big top first, where when your kid is young, when they're a preschool or toddler, two year old, whatever, like. No, you don't say no. This kind of goes back to what you were mm-hmm. talking about, that pastor guy. Like, you don't say no. Oh, baby, you can do whatever you want. Figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. You just have fun. Like, my daddy always told me no, so you can do whatever. Mm-hmm. Just freedom, freedom, freedom. You can disrespect me. You can. Ha- oh, I've seen every week. I see kids hit their mom, kick their mom, throw mm-hmm. toys. And like, they don't say a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you can run wild and wreck up buildings. Like, free love, baby. I think that means something else, but (laughs) (laughs) most parents aren't operating like seventies Woodstock, Right. but it's just freedom free Mm -hmm. for all like, and then, but then when their kids get to be teenagers, it's like squeeze the noose and restrict, 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 restrict. You cannot do anything. Mm -hmm. You can have no feelings, no responsibility, no freedoms, no privacy. No, 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 no. So, this, this is where this was miraculous. She flipped the funnel over, so teeny end first, and she's like, this is the way you need to parent. When they are little, that is the time 
to restrict and say no mm-hmm. and guide and keep the restrictions and you you win. Mm-hmm. You win when they're little. And then the funnel gets gradually bigger and bigger and bigger so that by the time they're teenagers, it's like, yeah, kid, fly. Like, mm-hmm. get out of the nest, spread your wings. Yeah, and that's, you know, we, we've homeschooled up until ninth grade and then in ninth grade they're going into high school. Right. And one of the reasons for that, other than just the academics of it, is we want them to experience the real world mm-hmm. while they're still under our roof, not keep them sheltered and protected and safe all the way through their high school years and then send them off to a secular college. And all of a sudden, now when they're out on their own all by themselves, now they're experiencing this whole world that's entirely different from how we raised them. And they have no way to deal with that. They have no processing mm-hmm. structure for that. Um, and it's it's a similar thing, you know, as as they as they grow up, as they become closer and closer to adults, you need to give them a little more freedom, mm-hmm. a little more freedom. More freedom. I get and, that it's scary mm-hmm. and that it hurts. It's like, terrifying. We stood in the driveway last mm-hmm. week and watched our daughter. She just drove away. Yep. There she went. She just drove away. Mm-hmm. And it, I didn't like it one little bit, but we let her do mm-hmm. it because it's the right thing to do. Right. And then a couple of days later, she went, she and Henry went to see some friends. And yeah. then there and was, she ran an errand. Well, she ran an errand, but then they kind of dawdled. Yeah. You know, because they left the, they left the friends at the right yeah. time, but then they kind of dawdled and, you know, ended up, you know, being like over an hour from leaving the friend to getting home. Like, what? What took you so long? Where, but you know, they're just like exercising a little freedom mm-hmm. and they didn't go off and do anything crazy. They were oh. doing what we asked and just dawdling in yeah. the store where we asked them because they had a little bit of freedom and they could do that. They've yeah. never been able to do that before. And you know, that's okay. Yeah. It's not going to kill anything. No. But it does help. Well, if you're going to be a little bit longer than we expected, you should send us an, a message so we don't think you're dead. But, but yeah, it's just. It's that just changed everything for me. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad I heard that message when they were little because it's kind of fun watching your kids grow into these capable, independent pre adults, mm-hmm. you know, because isn't that what you want? Like, mm-hmm. you want them to go be contributing members of society mm-hmm. who are able to do things. So, I always say, like, you work, try to work yourself out of a job. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's apprenticeship. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're apprenticing somebody, eventually. You're going to hand your job over to them, yeah, and then they'll eventually teach someone else to do it. So you are eventually not going to be able to do your job anymore. Yeah, and teaching we call it scaffolding, mm-hmm. where they need a lot of support in the beginning, you know. Um, but then you begin to give them more and more responsibility, and as they develop more skills and mastery, you know, you just back off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was thinking like you don't still cut your teenagers' grapes in half mm-hmm. or give them gummy worms for using the potty. But well, like, some people probably do. <laughs> Probably true. But some parents are still just like putting every restriction they can think of Mm -hmm. when it's like, no, this is the time to let them fly. And we're able to do that because we won the battles when they were little Mm -hmm. and kind of ingrained what was what mattered to us when they were young. That was uh, the advice my brother gave us when we first started parenting was never let them win. Yeah. But that see, but I think some parents take that and they mean forever. Right. But it's like, no, when they're small. Mm Mm-hmm. And now, like, yeah. Yeah, we let them win, but they also are now responsible for the consequences Mm -hmm. of their decision. So if their decision fails, then that's on them, not on us. So anyway, I just love that funnel. Mm -hmm. Just think about which way is your funnel facing and can you maybe flip it over? Mm -hmm. Give your wild, does your wild child need a few more? knows mm-hmm. and can you give your older kid a few more yeses either way like they can go both ways and you know and people will say well i don't want to you know i don't want to squash their spirit or mm-hmm. you know when they're when they're young you know just i just don't want to i don't want to restrict or restrain their spirit well if you if you don't start restricting or restraining their spirit when they're young then there's a good chance that spirit's going to go out of control when they're older. Well, there we go. I mean, that's relationship without rules. Mm-hmm. That's chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, again, are, is that what kind of human are you wanting to raise? Mm-hmm. Do you want them to be responsible, kind, honest? Or, you know, someone who kicks and screams at their mother is probably not going to mm-hmm. be an executive. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if your kid punches another kid and you don't give them any kind of consequence for punching the other kid, then pretty good shot as they grow up, they're going to keep punching kids and eventually... And the, the consequences get more, <laughs> right. more severe. You know, yeah. That's a felony. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's better to address it when you know they're three or four mm-hmm. and they do it and you, they get punished at that point in time and you try to stop it. Yeah, than there's if, just when all those 25. things. Yeah. You know, you throw something at your church, well, they might be more forgiving, but then mm-hmm. you break something at a store and they're... Anyway, mm-hmm. lots of things. Okay, so I'm going to just cruise through these last things, just common parenting pitfalls. Okay. Because we've done relationship pitfalls. And um, so these are just common things that we all mess up on. Like us included, most parents everywhere, because mm-hmm. like we're flawed and human. So don't talk very much. During, during the pitfalls, you want to cruise. Well, I just, yeah, this is probably longer than normal. Number one, not being consistent. Because I think uh, we have the wrong idea of what consistency means. I, I listened to a speaker one time and he said, consistency is not 75%. Consistency is not 85%. Like, so the things that will work are the things you do all the time. So help your kids develop habits, true habits, especially for the things that are important to your family. So if you want to raise a child who does their homework every day, make that a habit. If you Mm -hmm. want them to be kids who brush their teeth and take a shower, it has to become habitual. Yeah. My studying wasn't ever taught in my Mm. household. And it it never became an issue. Part of your routine or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't become an issue until I got a bad grade in a class. Mm. And then my dad kind of hammered down on me about it. But like if you teach them that their whole lives as they're right. going through school, then it's nothing. Then by the time they get to high school and they have mm-hmm. to start doing it more, even though they may complain and whine about it, they at least have the muscle memory to be able to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, just to make that part of mm-hmm. if that had been okay, you come home, you have your after school snack, and you're going to sit at the kitchen table until your homework mm-hmm. is done. And if once that's your routine, kids don't fight you on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I've talked to moms who say their kids fight them about homeschool, but our kids just kind of know like, okay, we do history and then we do math and it, they don't fight it because it's every day mm-hmm. and they know it's coming. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's just what they do. Okay. This is a huge one. No, not meaning no. What does that mean? You Okay. Now you've all seen the mom in public. Oh, okay. I know what no, you mean. No, honey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no. That kid knows you don't mean no. Everyone mm-hmm. in the room knows you don't mean no. Or the the counting. Like they know. Don't say don't make me count to three if three means nothing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with counting as long as counting means, means something. something. Or that the, the threatens the big giant thing. Mm-hmm. And then that's why I'm always so nervous. Sometimes David will do this at dinner. He'll say like, okay, one more thing. And then no TV for the week. And then my eyes just gape (laughs) because I'm like, crud, he said it. Now we have to do it. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to make a threat or you're going to count, or you're going to say no, you have to follow through. Mm -hmm. Like it has to mean something. Yeah. And especially when they were younger, we had a very, a pretty solid system for discipline. Mm -hmm. I mean, we would, we would say no, we'd give a warning. If they did it a third time, they go to timeout. And we'd use the, what's what's her name, Super Nannies, you know, for... A, a minute per year. Yeah, a minute per year. And then if they still didn't learn it, then mm-hmm. we kept increasing yeah. punishment, you know, until they eventually would would obey. And we, but we Stuck did it the it. same system with every kid at all mm-hmm. times. And they knew. Yeah. And sometimes you had to punish in ways you didn't want to punish, but you... You knew if you didn't punish, then you were just teaching them, oh, well, then I just have to get through the fourth step and then I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I know. I just, most kids know what it means to wear mom down. I just Mm -hmm. have to get to the point where I wear her down and she gives in Mm -hmm. and she buys me the Hot Wheel and Target when I'm throwing the fit. Like, yeah, I can't remember. It wasn't that long ago. I was in a store and there was a kid throwing a fit mm -hmm. and the parent just walked away. I was like, good for you. (laughs) I wanted to go pat him on the back. Yeah. But I didn't. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. The same lady that taught me the funnel said, no, can't mean we're now involved in a game, a battle or a negotiation. Just if you're going to say no, it has to mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially when they're little. Mm-hmm. Like we are all about like lightening up when they're older. But OK, um, over scheduling kids. And I think that leads to a lot of parenting issue because, listen, 
Think about how tired and stressed and busy you are. Okay, your kids feel the same thing, only their brains aren't developed yet. You mean by like, overscheduling, giving them too many things or structuring their day too heavily? Like It I could mean, be both. It could be, you know, the kid, the, the typical kids like on TV that have, okay, I go to Latin club and then I play the cello and then I have softball and then I come home and I have to do swim lessons and then I have to do my homework. You know, just like the crazy, mm-hmm. like we feel so busy and tired and stretched too thin and they feel it too, only they don't have their full mental capacity yet mm-hmm. or the maturity to wrestle with their stress emotions. Mm-hmm. So just, it's okay to leave some space, mm-hmm. I think. Um, again, that's not a popular opinion, mm-hmm. um, but what, you can fast forward me. I don't care. <laughs> um, micromanaging them. And we talked about that a little bit, so I won't go into that more, but just, there's probably some, is, is it a battle where you pick your battles, mm-hmm. like let them wear the dorky outfit. That's not the battle you need to fight. Cut the crust off the sandwich. That, that That's not a battle to fight. But then maybe at some point you do have to fight that battle because then they grow up to be teenagers who wear the same shirt every day for... Oh, like ours? <laughs> who who well, also... We're, we're working on that now, though. That's part of their morning routine. Who also is wore the Dino Dan clothes. outfit every day. Oh, but that was so cute. He's going to hate <laughs> listening to that. I love you, Henry. Okay. Um, refusing to recognize learning or emotional struggles for what they are. Mm-hmm. So again, that's just like we talked about, recognizing that they're children or that they're tweens or teenagers and... Okay, like what else is going on? Mm-hmm. And just to kind of put yourself in their shoes too, to just remember, especially, and I keep saying teenagers because that's the phase we're in right now, just to remember like that that's hard and has a lot of new things. And it's easy to be like, well, whatever, my life's harder and to make it into a competition. But like, no, for them, this is, or like middle school is hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. Or Well, and emotional responses tend to be responses out, out of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Like when something, not always, but when something happens that's where you're just not sure how it's supposed to go, then you kind of get a little bit emotional because you don't know how to handle it. Mm. So you get a little more jacked up and wired up and you have to have to navigate those things. Or sometimes you've got the the history, this went poorly before, and so I'm nervous yeah. that it's going to go poorly again. And so then you deal with those emotions. But just because something bad happened before doesn't mean it's going to happen that way again. Yeah. So I just, but I think we do a poor job mm-hmm. at, at seeing that in our kids mm-hmm. or giving them grace or empathy because I it's, do. it's poor. Oh, I was like, oh. I do a poor job. Okay. I'm not good at it. I was like, no, I think, I, yeah, none of us probably do a great job at it because usually it's just we're tired and cranky and I don't want to deal with the fit or the meltdown or the attitude or the diatribe. Like it's mostly just we see it as this is a problem I have mm-hmm. to deal with, not this is a human that I love going through something that needs me. Mm -hmm. So it's, that is an exercise in love. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Another parenting pitfall, modeling unhealthy responses to stress. And we talked about that. Mm -hmm. It's a big one because they see you. (coughs) They see me wanting nachos. (laughs) I mean, and you think that's a little thing, but I mean, that can teach, even just that can teach a kid a whole lot. Oh, we eat our feelings. Like, Mm -hmm. is that something I want to teach them? No, this is a big one. Um, because I've heard women do this, um, criticizing kids, criticizing, we've talked about this, like you don't talk bad about your spouse. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking bad about our kids? Now, there's certain things like it, it, if if you're having a hard time with a kid, sure, you go to a trusted friend, a small group, a, you know, a confidant, but you mm-hmm. don't air those things on social media or in big social groups. Mm-hmm. I've, like I said, I've been in lots of women's groups, so please don't think I don't figure out who I'm talking about, but I've heard moms say, like, I don't like blah child. I've heard a mom say, I hate blah child. Like, this is in public. These are other women who know this kid. I mean, mm-hmm. and it colors your opinion and it changes your brain waves. Yeah, and then you think about not only when that when that child is around the mom who's thinking, I hate you, now, when that child is around these other moms, mm-hmm. they're thinking, oh, your mom hates you. <laughs> yeah. And now that's what, that's just more of what that kid is going mm-hmm. to be experiencing. It's, yeah. Don't criticize your kids, especially in public. Please not on social media. Mm-hmm. That's not where you handle. Social media is not for venting. That's just mm-hmm. another separate day. Um, and don't. Well, it shouldn't be, but it is. What? <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be for venting, <laughs> but it is. Um, and don't compare them. To other kids, even siblings. Mm-hmm. Why can't you be more like 
so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Like if it's their friend, if it's their, like, that's gross. Mm-hmm. Don't do it because how would you feel? Like all of a sudden you have reinforced they are not enough. Mm-hmm. They are not good enough. Well, different they don't kids, different up. personalities, different strengths and weaknesses, yeah. different aptitudes, different everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you don't always, you, yeah. No. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of information to cruise mm-hmm. through. And I left out a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I could have talked about this for a long time. Like I said, we've saved this up for years. Mm-hmm. Well, not years, a year. Yeah, but we've never really taught parenting. No. Have we? No. no, we've been parents for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know, you know, we're still learning. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of years left to learn a lot more things. You know, and it's scary from the beginning. This is the end of the podcast. Should be telling a story? But I remember the first night we got home from the hospital mm-hmm. with Hannah, our oldest, and we had just laid her in the little bassinet and we got in our bed and we were like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Like, <laughs> what are we supposed to do now? Yeah. We had no, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> How to raise a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you... I remember, I I, th- I think it's been joked about before, but like kind of asking the nurse, like, you're just going to like let us leave? Yeah. Like, are... you don't have any kind of like requirements of us, but like the only requirement it's... was about the car seat. Like, like you really... Just, just anybody gonna, can take this kid. <laughs> just going to let us take this kid home without... Oh, without there's so many times kind of over the years though. Or anything, yeah. Where I just felt like such a moron. I mm-hmm. remember like, them saying you were supposed to talk to your your infant. And I, I, I've told this story to people before, but I remember sitting there, Hannah's in her high chair and I'm feeding her yogurt. She's like a year and a half or something. I'm like, I'm supposed to talk to you and you don't talk and I feel stupid. And I remember being, <laughs> Hannah, blueberries have antioxidants. Like, I had no idea what mm-hmm. you're supposed to say to this kid. But you figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. All the time. But you read a lot to them, so they heard a lot of words that I way. I did read a lot to them, but it was just like, what? Talk to them? Mm-hmm. So, that is, reading to your kids is very important. That's one thing. If they don't have a certain vocabulary by third grade, if they're not reading at third grade level by third grade, then they're not going to succeed or something like that in school. Magic. Yeah. So if if there's no good reason not to read to your child, then... Then try to read to your child. It's worth it. Oh, that's my favorite part mm-hmm. of our homeschool day is read aloud. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling really sad because I have nine days left to homeschool our eighth grader. Mm-hmm. And I'm knowing like that's that's time for one more chapter book. And that's, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. cry. Anyway, thank you for listening to this. I know it was a long one. Hopefully it was worth your time. Hopefully you picked up like a, a nugget. Mm-hmm. That's my hope. Just a little nugget or something to think about or something to chew on or just to go, huh, I never thought about that And you can go back and re-listen to it later and think, oh, that wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was. (laughs) So anyway, we love you. Thank you for being here. We are closing in on our, at the end of season one, almost. Crazy. We got a couple more episodes in our spring cleaning of the heart and mind we're going to get to, and then we are going to move on to season two. Dose. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, David, for being here. Yep. We've got some awesome cookies to, to go back into the house and enjoy. Mm-hmm. They are really delicious they cookies. They are really good. They're absolutely amazing. Oh. It's like. And I make pretty good cookies, mm-hmm. so for you to say that. Yeah. It's, it's a, it was a, a graham cracker cookie. Graham cracker cookie. With this like cheesecake icing yeah. and then caramel drizzled over the top of it. So- yeah, it's really, really good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go have she those. She could sell them like for a lot of money. The cat is scratching cat at is the that. door. It's freaked me out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you go enjoy something in your day. Hopefully not nachos. Hopefully you're not having discouragement time or pizza rolls or sadness <laughs> time. But just go have a great day. Love on your kids. Hug them. Get to know them. And uh, we'll be back with you next Wednesday. Thanks. You've been listening to the Girl in a Hill podcast. Please help us out by sharing the podcast with your friends, connecting with us on social media, and leaving a review on Apple Podcast. We're here to climb the hill with you as we all work to stop hiding, start shining, and be the women we were created to be. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.